You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. My name is Jeremiah Jones, and I am the producer of this podcast. Candace and Cher want their listeners to know that their deep struggles are not just in their head. When we have stories of childhood trauma that never received the care needed to heal at that time, those stories remain alive in our bodies. Thankfully, it's not too late to bring the care we needed then to our bodies today. Listen in as Candace and Cher begin a conversation about the four S's and how they use these powerful tools to care for themselves and others today. Hi, Cher. Hey, Candace. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Just um, it's raining here in Missouri. You know, I'm sitting in Missouri in my home office and you're in Minnesota. Minneapolis. Yeah. Minnesota. Yep. Yeah. And what's the weather like there today? Mm, Cold. We've had like one of the coldest springs on record. So it's cold and rainy and yeah, we're very eager for spring to hit. I bet. Yeah. I love the changing of the seasons. Yes, me too. Yeah. Well, this is our third podcast, both audio. And then we also have the video for any of our listeners who want to come and actually watch these conversations. We decided to do it that way because there, there is an element that when we are speaking about trauma and hard things, that sometimes it's just good to be able to see the eyes and the body. And I know that you and I, we even recognize that on these podcasts that there's still a level of care that we give to one another. Yeah. I love that you name that. And, and sometimes we do, we, we get a little emotional, like we, we haven't scripted these. We have a plan. We, we know where we're heading, but we're not scripted and things come up and we find ourselves processing trauma right here. And we feel like that's okay. Like that's a part of what this is all about that. I expect this will be a lifelong journey. Mm-hmm. And we're still doing the work and we're, we're just so not ashamed mm-hmm. that we're still doing the work. And when things come up, we move toward them. And that has been just such a beautiful aspect of our, our friendship. Yes. And, you know, we both recognize that, you know, when we are, or when we have had childhood trauma, we most often don't process that in real time. Yeah. But, what, but what we know is there is purpose in going back and being able to do that, not in order to get stuck, but actually to get freed up. Exactly. It's kind of counterintuitive, right? Because we've been taught, don't go there. Forget about all that stuff. Forgive and forget. And yet, as we talked about in episode two, the limbic brain holds on to it and it's all stored there. And so it is going to keep coming up and particularly where there has been trauma. It does not just go away. It's like there are wounds that still need tending. And until we tend to them and bring care and bring healing, like they keep coming up and can have really significant impacts on how we make decisions, how we do our relationships, how we go through life. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's, This is our process. This is our journey. Which leads me to what we're going to be talking about today, because 
as we begin this journey, because, you know, like we've said before, we often start bumping into certain situations that feel familiar and there, there's some space there that we can even go, okay, am I crazy? Is this all in my head? Like what's going on here? And it can even come with some shame, you know, like, okay, well, I'm in my forties. I should have all this stuff figured out or fifties or sixties. And yet I happen to believe that when we start bumping into things and noticing like this, this doesn't feel like the, the abundant life that I want. It's in that space that we can, instead of judging ourselves, we can just get curious. And so this, this isn't what we want to say today. You know, this isn't all in your head. You know, you're not crazy for dealing with this later in life, especially when you know that there's something off or there's just still a ton of toxic environments or relationships that you're still engaging in. Yes. And even when you have worked hard to try to overcome certain things, and this is this is where we feel like this is kind of where the light shines brightly, right? Where, where we find ourselves caught in these loops of we wish that we were able to overcome something because it is having an impact on our lives and relationships that we don't like. And yet it feels like regardless of how much effort and energy we put toward it, we just can't get free. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we have found things like the surprising power of kindness and some of the things that we're going to be talking about today, because we do want to be practical. We don't want to just be theoretical. We want to give real tools that have worked for us Mm -hmm. and worked for others so that our listeners can grasp a hold of something that maybe they hadn't heard about before or hadn't tried and be able to to give it a try. So that's what we want to do today. So today um, we're going to be looking at, you know, what does it mean to be seen, soothed, safe, and secure? And we we're not sure who came up with that. Did we decide we knew for sure? I know we've heard it on Kurt Thompson's podcast being known, but it's actually something that you and I both are very intentional about putting into practice now. So do you want to say a little bit more about that? Yeah. The four S's. I always refer to it as the four S's. Like we, we needed this as children, right? We needed to be seen. And we'll be talking about what each one of these means, but we needed to be seen. We needed to be soothed. We needed to be kept safe and we needed to be able to establish that foundation of security. And when that didn't come and instead what came were experiences that were harmful, we carry that forward in, into life. And we find ourselves many decades later, sometimes feeling like young children in situations, situations come up. And I mean, I can feel seven years old in a second. I feel like that little seven-year-old who needs to feel seen or needs to be soothed. And so what we want to talk about today is what does it look like to be seen or to be soothed? What does it mean as an adult woman to want that from others? And what does it mean to bring that kind of care to my own self? 
And this is a lot to cover in our time today. So like if we talk super fast, that's why. Well, and that this is just an ongoing conversation. We're going to have a podcast each week. And these are just elements of the journey that that we will continue to talk about. Yes. Because, you know, I was just explaining to one of my clients that this isn't about having a perfect journey of healing. It, it can look chaotic. It can look messy. But there's something about being intentional knowing what our tools are, knowing what our resources are. And, you know, like if if you decide to have a healthy eating lifestyle, if you put that into practice every day, you're, you're going to see results, sustained results. Right. And so we, what we want to do is just say, these are just things that we want to put into practice every day, no matter how messy it can feel and no matter how messy it gets. Part of that is having someone, I mean, you, you'll start to do it for yourself once you get into the flow of it, but having someone also remind you what you're so good at share, like sometimes I'll text you or I'll call you and I'm like, Oh, this is what I'm kind of going through right now. I had this happen and, and you'll just start walking me through the four S's or sometimes you'll just say, well, have you applied the four S's? And, mm-hmm. You know that the four S's are very, it's just something that we believe in. Yeah. And so necessary, right? Because as we talked about last time, all of those childhood experiences of harm and trauma are stored in our limbic brain. They're not going away. So then when we bump up against experiences in life that remind our brain, again, this may not even be an, a, a conscious awareness, it might be a smell, it might be a color, it might be a tone of somebody's voice, but we get triggered. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves responding, at least inwardly, as we would have as that seven-year-old child, right? Or that five-year-old or 10-year-old or 14-year-old. We are triggered by some kind of situation or event or sense. Our brain remembers what happened back then and immediately puts us into a place of fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And as we become more and more aware, we start to notice, ooh, I think that I went into f- to fight there, or I think I went into flight. What's going on? My response seemed too big for the situation. And we're starting to become more and more aware when we get triggered in those ways. So then we're able to either reach out for help or bring that kind of help to ourselves. So let's let's plunge in here and start talking about the first S, which is C. What does it mean to need to be seen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I believe it's Dan Siegel who says, we come into the world looking for someone who's looking for us. Yeah. And at the base level, we need that. We need someone to to see us because we come in completely dependent, completely helpless. We have no way to take care of ourselves as a baby and as a young child. And so being seen is, we just think of it as obviously physically, right? You have to see someone physically, but even beyond the physical, we are more than physical beings. 
we're social beings, we're spiritual beings, we're emotional beings. And there's no parent that does this perfectly or will ever do it perfectly. But we do need what, what's termed as a good enough parent that that's looking beyond the physical, beyond just putting food on the table, you know, beyond just making sure you get to school on time. It is actually a pursuit of our inner world. You know, it's noticing changes. It's, you know, I'm watching my youngest daughter parent, our one-year-old grandson. And, you know, she's, we're, we're close. And so she's very aware of these concepts and attachment and stuff like that. And so, you know, I usually have to tell her, you're not going to see it all, but you are being intentional to notice things even about her one-year-old that seem like maybe he does just, you know what, he just needs some extra holding right now. But even further on as a child ages, it's being able to engage what could be possibly going on by really just asking them questions. So it's getting, it's getting to know that child, getting to know them. You know, I think a lot of times we as parents, we want to teach our children. And that is absolutely true. But if all we do is teach them, it doesn't mean we actually really know them. So important. And I think especially because if you think of a family that has three children, when one children has a need, they might make it known loud and clear to everyone. Hey, I have a need here. Somebody pay attention to me. Another child may just go off and find a quiet place and pick up a book. Another child may have already tuned into that their role in the family is taking care of their mom or their dad. And so they're not going to let their need be known because they know, and this is subconscious, they know they're not there to get care. They are there to give care. Mm. So yes, to know, to get to know our kids. And then as adults, when we see these things in our lives, to get to know our own younger parts, you know, or our own little girl who lives on inside of us to get to know her. Like, what does it mean when all of a sudden I have gone into a, a place where I'm really quiet and maybe I sense myself withdrawing? Mm -hmm. Hmm. Can I get curious in that moment and start to track back to what happened that made me step back? Why am I protecting myself right now? Why have I disengaged? from the relationships around me. As I then begin to see my own self as an adult, but kind of in a sense, seeing that younger part of me, then I can step toward her and say, I see you. I see what happened. I see how you were hurt. And now I see you withdrawing. Mm -hmm. And I validate and affirm those feelings. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about soothe. Seeing is the first S. The second one is being soothed. And I wanted to share a real quick story from yesterday. I found myself with a headache. I woke up early. And when I get a bad headache, I have noticed over the last maybe year that when I get a bad headache, I go into this place of deep loneliness. I start to feel very, very lonely. And when I was a child, I had bad headaches starting very young and in my life. And I remember times when I would be in my upstairs bedroom, separated from everybody else, 
shades were drawn because I needed it dark and quiet, but, but just being there for long periods of time and feeling very lonely. And as I have been able to connect with that now, that when I have a headache now, that 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 feeling of loneliness comes up and I'm starting to recognize that it's it's old. It's an old feeling. Mm. And yet now I'm learning how to walk toward it. And so, for example, yesterday, the first thing I did, well, I first thing I noticed it and then I brought some care. I decided I'm going to go very slow today. I'm going to be calm, um, quiet. I'm going to just be restful and I reached out to some friends, you being one of them, Candace, Candace, and I just said, I'm feeling very lonely today in this place. So I received some care. I, I, I asked for care and I received some soothing, just a few sentences from people who love me and who were able to say a few words that mattered in that moment. So soothing, what comes up for you, Candace, when we talk about soothing? Yeah, I think that's just a a great example of that. And I, you know, when I think of times that I am recognizing, you know, what, what I'm really needing is good soothing can involve areas of when I'm grieving, you know, some particular losses. And sometimes I'm able to recognize that in the moment and able to just bring comfort and care to my own heart, kind of like being able to even see the younger spaces that would come up for me would be the fear of abandonment because loss is a part of life, but that doesn't mean you're abandoned, but it can feel like you're being abandoned. And so being able to care for her in that way. And then yes, at times, you know, and you're one of my people that I would reach out to just, man, I'm, I'm feeling a pretty deep wave of grief today. And you do the same thing for me and just offering, I see you, you know, and maybe even just say, what, is there something we can talk about or you need to do today? And yeah, that that's part of the soothing process for me. And a lot of times it seems like it's acknowledging the harm that we received back then. Mm-hmm. The more we are becoming familiar with our stories, the more we're able to recognize what I'm feeling today is really what I felt back then. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a there's a big, um, you use the word wave, but there's a big wave of soothing that that seems to happen mm-hmm. when we just acknowledge this is what I felt back then. And here's the story that's connected. And just talking through that can, can be so helpful. Well, and it goes in line with, you know, you mentioned triggers and just this idea of when I'm grieving a loss, I can get triggered that it's fatal. And, and so, you know, being able to recognize that, you know what, back then it it felt fatal, you know, when I lost someone that I love dearly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've made it through two of the S's today. We still have two more to go, safety and security, which we'll come back to um, at another point. Maybe the first two is a lot and, and people can focus in on that. We want our listeners to know that when you are triggered, there is a different way that you can move toward that kind of emotional struggle or emotional pain. 
you can begin to care for yourself. The more you begin to know your own stories, the more you will know what has been triggered and that you will be able in time to find someone who can step beside you and walk with you as you process what is going on in you right then and there. Candice, the time flies. Great to be with you. Our next episode, we can get into the the safety and the security. It's been wonderful to be with you today. And I look forward to our next one. Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. Music was created by Kayla Paxton, and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Autostory LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.